Hi, listeners, Wen here. As many of you will know, other than being the host of the Mentally Healthy Workplaces Asia podcast, I'm also the Chief Impact Officer of Flourish DX. Flourish DX is a digital tool that helps companies along the journey to create mentally healthy workplaces at scale and globally. I'm super excited to announce that Flourish DX can now be accessed on a forever free account. Flourish DX Basic allows up to 12 users on a team account for free with access to many of the features and content of the full platform. To access a free account, simply go to www.flourishdx.com and follow the Get Started Free button at the top of the page. For external consultants who want to use Flourish DX to work with their clients, just visit the partner page from the main site and use the Contact Us form. On behalf of Flourish DX and myself, I hope you'll find the new free version of the tool a great entry point to making a meaningful difference to worker mental health in your company. Now, on to this episode. From Flourish DX, this is the Mentally Healthy Workplaces Asia podcast. With workplace mental health becoming a critical issue for businesses, this is the source of information for creating sustainable and mentally healthy workplaces in Asia. Hi listeners, welcome to the Mentally Healthy Workplaces Asia podcast. My name is Wenli Lim and I'm the Chief Impact Officer at Flourish DX and also host of this podcast. So the purpose of this podcast is to host conversations and practical guidance from experts, service providers, innovative tech platforms and employers in the region here out in Asia. So we really believe in taking a shared responsibility approach to mental health. And so not just individuals, but employers, colleagues, and the broader community to help create mentally healthy workplaces so we can prevent suffering and promote human flourishing. And I'm very excited today to have a guest. We actually met through many events, and one of them was actually Makan for Hope out here in Singapore. His name's Andrew Tan, as they say in Asia, and he is the country manager for Singapore for Wantedly. Welcome to our podcast. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me, and I'm delighted to be here. You know what you mentioned about creating workplaces that allow talents, allowing people to flourish. That's something that, that I'm excited about. Yeah, I think um, when we first met, it was kind of, I felt we had so many things in common and we kept bumping into each other in different circles around the startup space, um, but also in kind of doing good uh, in the startup space. So very excited that I knew you kind of worked, you knew, and you know, you worked for this tech platform that's in HR, but I never kind of um, found out more. So I'm really glad to have this opportunity to dive into it more. Um, and last week when we had a chat to prepare for this, you were actually attending a two-day course um, on psychological uh, first aid. Um, can you share how that was? That's right. It's, it's such an interesting uh, uh, coincidence, right? Uh, and I would definitely recommend this course. Uh, first of all, like, come to know about it uh, through Young NTUC, so our labor movement, right? The youth wing of our labor movement. And it's a first of its kind course. It's focused on workplace mental well-being. And through this two days course, it was very intense. It was uh, held virtually. Uh, I got to learn about psychological first aid and, and the skills revolving around it. Um, so the takeaway was, you know, how to identify common stress indicators, uh, how to be a peer supporter in the workplace. I think the KPI for young NTUC is, is you know, honestly to, to create more of such available support in the workplace so that uh, we can all be mentally healthier. And one of the ways to be a peer supporter, uh, I learned, is to communicate with compassion. 
sometimes we 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 lose regard for communication right because we take it for granted and when someone else is in a moment of distress your every word your every action counts you know in in how he or she will will react to the situation yeah uh, i think the other big learning i had from the course is self-care is a key aspect of mental wellness and i think you know that could be another topic we can discuss today yeah, I know you said you learned a lot about it. So I'm really glad that, you know, if we wind back probably uh, 12 months, 18 months, or even two years ago, all of this stuff is new, right? It's very, like, no one's really talking about this. And I think it's such timely um, for all of these discussions to be had. And it seems like also NTUC youth are taking a preventative approach Um and arming people with knowledge and these courses. So yeah, such great timing. Um, but maybe a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about your career today. Thanks, uh, with, with pleasure. I think I'll start by describing my professional journey to be one that has revolved around startups in one way or another. Uh, and my aspiration, the journey that I'm continuing on is to be an ecosystem builder. So before joining Wantedly, I co-founded a social enterprise. It's called the Shield Collective. And I also serve uh, in different roles at Be My Guest, which is a homegrown travel startup. And that's where I spend the bulk of my career at helping to expand the company. Later on, I also had a stint uh, at One Belt, One Road Venture Capital, setting up its base in Singapore and creating the investment thesis and everything. And that's what I meant by being in this startup, you know, a journey in one way or another, because, you know, I have this uh, entrepreneurship experience, I have this building experience, and then I know that it's always, you know, about fundraising uh, to some extent, so I wanted to learn about that as well. Uh, and all those uh, brought me today to, to Wantali. I joined the company more than two years ago. I'm one of the champions for our mission here in Singapore, and our mission is to create a world where work drives passion, to that end, we hope that companies and talents can match based on shared purpose and values. Um, I think one motivation which brought me to, to Wantedly, right? And, and this is a passion that I share uh, with, with people that I have a chance to meet. The passion is to help people help others. And I think you mentioned earlier on how we met also. Uh, Wantedly is one side of things, you know, helping job seekers, helping companies be more resilient. And outside of Wantali, I also co-founded Makan for Hope this year during the pandemic. And Makan for Hope is a community for startups and entrepreneurs to network with one another, to learn and grow. There's so much there, right? But what makes Makan for Hope different is that we focus on bringing this community, community together to give back to charity causes at the same time. And I think that's something that uh, we, are, we are both passionate about. Mm, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of crossovers and I think it's it's great that there's so many people of the same heart. Um, so maybe on Wantedly, can you dive into more what is it and how did it start and why did it start? Oh, definitely. Um, I think I got to take you back in time a little bit. Sure. Wantedly's mission started 10 years ago. Um, we were founded in Japan. Our HQ is in Tokyo. Uh, and of course, we are expanding overseas like Singapore is one of our international hubs. And to expand a bit more on our mission, right? Uh, the, the original mission was in Japanese. And if we did a literal translation, 
I, I don't want to butcher the language, but you know, the literal translation, it means increasing the number of people whose hearts dance through work. And I think that gives you a sense of the social impact we are striving for in this society where self-fulfillment should be what you pursue in your work, right? And hopefully that journey starts with Wantedly. But obviously part of that mission is aspirational. So, so let's talk about the why and let me introduce the how, okay? Uh, when Akiko Naka, our CEO, when she founded Wantedly, against the common stereotype of lifelong employment, uh, that stereotype in Japan, right? We majorly disrupted the job search behavior, I would say. And we also disrupted the hiring landscape. Uh, let me explain more. In the past, job seekers, most job seekers chose to take jobs based on money, based on security, rather than interest. Ideally, you have all, but... Mm. But the old type of motivation is definitely money and security. And if you ask a, a random candidate, you know, 10 years ago, if they thought about what they're passionate about when it comes to their career, you wouldn't get much of an answer compared to today. So wantedly, we have transformed a whole generation of talents. And this is in line with how people's motivations have changed through the years. There's definitely a shift towards what we aspire, what we seek for in terms of self-fulfillment, in terms of self-actualization and applying that to uh, the career journey, the professional development. On the other hand, so that's the job seeker behavior that was disrupted. On the other hand, Wanderly's social recruitment model, our business model is subscription-based. Uh, our platform has made hiring much more democratic for all companies. It's, it's now way more accessible for startups to attract talents, uh, you know, as compared to in the past where large local conglomerates had basically monopoly on all uh, top tier talents. Now it's much more democratic. And in this 10-year journey, uh, especially in Japan, we have achieved phenomenal success. Uh, we are the de facto social recruitment site we have close to 4 million users. We have, I, I would say, around 40,000 companies on our platform. And we continue to empower our users to discover and engage with companies, right? And the end goal is for them to connect based on shared purpose and shared values. Yeah. Um, can, can I share further? I, I, of I course, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to introduce one unique feature of our platform, right? For an understanding, for, for a, a visualization of how we achieve our mission. Something unique about our platform is the Wantedly visit. This is our flagship product. This is our core product. Instead of applying for a job and attending an interview, which traditionally, I think we have been there, you know, in the past, Traditionally, that involves sitting in the boardroom, meeting with a HR representative, going through a set questions based off the resume, and that's it, right? If, if you go through that round, sometimes you don't even see the office, you don't even meet the people you're going to work with until the first day of work, which by then is too late because you're leaving employee success to chance. You are not setting up your new recruit for for him or her to flourish in your organization. So Wantedly Visit is our modern take to job search 
to application to interview. And, and on our platform, when companies post job openings, we encourage them to present a lot more about their mission, their vision, their values and team culture instead of just a JD. And I think we have seen too many JDs on traditional job portals that it's just, you know, a list of bullet points. You don't even know which company it is. And then, you know, uh, the salary information is there. That's it. So, so we need to, not to be cheesy, but we need to elevate the job, the JD, the traditional job, day, J, JD, traditional JD, as we know. Mm. So what result we are looking for is for job seekers to cultivate a, an intentional job search instead of spraying and praying. Yeah. And the other part of Wantali Visit is instead of applying for a job, job seekers on Wantali, they would indicate that they are interested to visit a company. This sets up you know, a more casual interview process because candidate can visit this potential employer, they can get to meet the team, they can visit the work environment, and very crucially, they can observe the culture, right? Mm. So, so all this, you know, um, user journey and, and experience for the employers as well is to create a shift away from a one-dimensional, a one-directional interview process. And we like to describe this as like dating, dating first, yeah. before jumping into a marriage, right? Before jumping into a pre-arranged marriage, you need to get to know the other party. You get to, you need to get to know each other. Yeah. And I think that's super, super cool because I mean, a lot of people do get a job and then they go there and it's not what they expected. They had no idea what they were walking into and especially where there is not an alignment in culture. Um, and you um, and Wantonly is really creating a transparent process as such where there's transparency about how they operate in terms of culture, how they work, so that people get to know before they walk, you know, they sign on the dotted line. Um, do you have any kind of success stories or just, you know, stories of like how does it actually work in terms of past clients or, you know, past candidates that this has worked for? Definitely. I think when, when we gather feedback from, from both sides of our platforms, right? So your companies and then your, your users, which are the job seekers, the talents, what, what, we, what we gather is that a lot of um, branding is underway. And, and this branding, you know, from, from where Wantali is seated, it's intentional and it's deliberate. But for the end user, and in this case, the job seeker, right? Through this process of getting to know a company, reading about their stories, um, you know, engaging with the people, the faces of the team, right? It creates an association in them that they become a fan or a follower of the company. And there's this saying, right, in, in, in business, treat your employees well because they're going to be your customers. And this, the, the, the same on the other side, treat your customers well because they could be your talent pool as well. And I think that's one of the magic of, of this idea of employer branding and what we're trying to do at Wantedly because we are in a progressive talent management world you know, when we talk about HR, traditionally, the KPI is just about placement of candidates. How many resumes I'm getting in front of uh, the hiring manager. But that, that should be 
thrown out the window. I'm sorry to say that because what we want to do is to nurture the talent pool, create fans and followers of the company so that hiring is proactive rather than reactive. And um, I would say that, you know, as we engage with, with our community, uh, another feedback that has sort of come to our attention is the power is shifting a little bit. Uh, and, and, and that's where talents are find an appeal, right? Because in the past, uh, you know, the ball is in the employer's court. You kind of have to be dictated by all their hiring processes in place, whether good or bad. And you cannot sort of understand more about the opportunity other than what's presented to you. But today, if you are someone who has all the right qualifications, of course, that's the baseline, and you're somebody who's seeking something more, something more towards fulfilling your, your own goals, you can actually learn how this company can provide towards that by visiting them, uh, getting to know, you know what their, their team thrives on. And after all, you are going to be working with these folks for 60, 70% of your waking hours, right? You want them yeah. to be your work family. So I think all this discovery, connection, engagement, touch points that we provide is you know, extremely critical in, in, in the modern hiring process. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of interested to have you uh, on the podcast, because this really contributes towards creating mentally healthy workplaces where, you know, people go into the um, organization seeing exactly how the culture is, how the people are, how they treat each other. And then it, it naturally actually weeds out the places that aren't that great, um, you know, where, you know, people, um, yeah, aren't treating each other well. They, you know, there's bullying in there or just even just the subtlety of how, you know, people interact. You can see that. So it's a natural kind of process where it, you're opening the lid or the books um, onto, in, into how the company operates, which is super cool in terms of creating. And, you know, as that, as it progresses, where more and more people do that, then there's nowhere to hide. And then it sets the bar for really what is a really great workplace to be in. Um, and then the candidates have a choice. So I would, yeah, it's that kind of the vision, like in the long term, like what is the big vision for Wantedly? I, I think so, right? Like we really want to elevate, you know, this whole uh, notion of thriving in the workplace. And I think that is brought about when a, work culture when an organization creates a culture that gives you um i go back to to the the modern concept of motivation right when when the employer gives you autonomy mastery and purpose and it's not just giving those three points to you it's, it's creating an environment where you can achieve those three things because it takes two hands to clap you as a talent got to be seeking for those type of motivation as well something that comes from inside and I, I really feel that, you know, the way to go in terms of approach to hiring is we got to shift from reactive hiring to something that's proactive, like I've mentioned. And we got to stand up and be counted. We got to have an organization where you strive for everyone in the organization to be champions of your mission, uh, you know, and, and fulfill the vision. 
I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the point of having no place to hide, right? You know, and, and today information is extremely accessible. Um, you know, employer reviews are all out there, good or bad. And we don't want to do things just for show, but by having a, a enlightened, you know, hiring process, right? The job seeker has an opportunity to ask the employer, hey, is this incident real? Did you do this or that? You know, if it was a bit negative and the employer can have the chance to answer truthfully, you know, what, what they did, right? And even if it was a mistake, an honest mistake, how have they changed since then? Because as with any reviews, you know, once it's on the internet, it's, it's kind of, you know, there yes. and, and, and- Not it, going away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but having this concept of visit, uh, for instance, having this connection opportunity, you can then explain, you know, what are you doing better to just become a, a better employer and become an employer of choice for that talent? And a very example, uh, a very recent example close to home is, you know, behavior of employers during the pandemic. Right? We have examples of employers that have really went above and beyond for their work family, but we also have negative case studies, and this. Employers who have not been, who have not done right for their, their work family, who have discarded them, for example, uh, you know, in a, in a crucial moment. When they start hiring again, because the economy is bouncing back, right? When they start hiring again, that talent that you meet in the future is going to ask you, uh, you know, dear sir, dear madam, how did you behave during the pandemic? How do you look out for your employees? How did you take care of them when they needed help? And you then have to, to you know, show, show the truth because you're right in front. Uh, of course, it may be a virtual interview, but you're right in front of, of that talent that you want to grab. Mm. So there's, yeah, no place to hide. But I also like that there's um, grace in that everyone is on a journey. You know, the employer, yes, you know, things have maybe gone wrong, but then how do you move on from there and how are you making it better? So I, I really like that because, yeah, I mean, there are times where, you know, things go wrong and you make a mistake, um, but having that ability to say, yes, we acknowledge that and this is what, how we're doing better. So I, in terms of, you know, workplaces, I'm assuming that's a hope of yours um, and wantedly that, you know, it's a starting point. And then it, we progress from there. But I mean, going back to Japan, I guess um, this podcast is about mentally healthy workplaces, Asia. And as Asia is very diverse as well, um, how has it been received in Japan? You say it's number one now, but I'm sure it wasn't easy in the beginning to do something of this concept where it was the salary man kind of concept. You, you said you stick with one employer for life and that's it. So do you have any kind of stories to tell and how, um, yeah, Japan has really embraced this? Yeah. As with every, you know, sort of uh, um, success story, uh, we have, we had that breakthrough moment, you know, we had that, that, momentum where we went viral, where there was, you know, that, that uptake. And I think it's, it's down to the power of social networking. So I've, I've, I've used this word many times today. It, information is more accessible. Um, you know, hiring has become more accessible. Talents are, you know, 
uh, very savvy today. And when we talk about employer branding, that is marketing for HR, right? You want to get the word out. And I would, I would suggest, you know, the idea of word of mouth. Word of mouth used to be that, you know, it's word of mouth. I, yes. I introduced to you this, you know, awesome chicken rice in Tiong Bahru or something. But today, yeah. word of mouth, yeah, today word of mouth has gone digital. And word of mouth, that digital word of mouth can be applied to, you know, um, the, the image, the opportunities, the attractiveness of a company as well. So what Wantali did was to tap into the power of social networks. A lot of call to actions across our platform, both on website and, and mobile apps, is to share, 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 social sharing. And, and through this behavior, we went viral because we no longer needed to keep grinding to get new users, to keep promoting the opportunities by our companies, but our users were promoting for us. And a very interesting behavior in Japan, what we have learned is that Facebook is their medium of choice for sharing such uh, information, including professional uh, sharing, right? So they will share, hey, this company looks interesting. You know, there's an opening. I thought you might like it. They will share it on Facebook. This is not really the case, you know, mm. outside of Japan, maybe in not so in Singapore, but in Japan, that was the behavior. So Facebook really amplified the reach for us. And the other key component is the attractiveness of these companies, right? Because we talk about employer branding and employer branding is a journey. You need to create content. And the initial wave of companies that we attracted were startups. You know, there were small teams, they were creative teams. So they really like creating content about their company. And then because it's, it's, a very, it's usually a small setup where everyone is empowered, right? So all the members of the team become advocates and they start to, to share online. And you know, with, with that whole word of mouth amplified by social sharing, we, we went viral. And I think that was uh, you know, the start of our success uh, that, that helped us disrupt the, the hiring landscape and the job search behavior. Yeah. So those, I mean, these employees obviously really love working there. You know, you wouldn't be an advocate for a place if it's a horrible place to work. You know, if your bosses are terrible, um, you're, you know, being um, asked to work, you know, copious amounts of overtime. Yes, you know, there's busy seasons. But yeah, if you're being, um, if you're not enjoying it, you will never do it. So I think it lends itself, like, you know, it's a good building on good. Because yeah, if yeah. it's so, you know, a lot of people I feel have um, a bit of a negative um, kind of view of branding. When you say employer branding, right, I don't think it conjures up a positive image. But what this is, it's from the ground up, it's from within. Um, and then it, it will just amplify because it's there and not yeah. really um, a fake branding as such. Yeah, you know, you're spot on because uh, a simple way to understand this is, when a boss of a company shouts out about their company, it's, it's natural. You would expect that. And you might take it up with a pinch of salt, right? Because it's your baby. Obviously, you're going to say, you know, your company is the best. But if your employee and multiple employees at that advocates for you, you know, there's, there's really that, that extra validation right there. And, and the same when it goes to that second layer of, of, of word of mouth, right, of that social influence uh, layer and then on and on the validation increase the 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 power it's it's multiplied 
Yeah. So it reminds me of a story when um, someone had asked me, you know, oh, hey, when are you a good manager? And my response was, um, why don't you ask my team? Because of course, I'm going to be biased that I think I'm a good manager. But that's the truth, right? I mean, exactly what you said is that, you know, um, the employer, um, the boss, you know, they're of course going to say good things. Um, and that's where even in the media, so I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and, you know, there's a lot of good stuff being written up by startups and all that, or any company or any CEO. But the first thing I would do is usually find a friend someone I know who works there and I'm like is this true and I love it when they actually say yes that exactly what's written is complete truth they are excellent to work with and a very good leader and but sometimes unfortunately that's not the case um, so yeah like I think we're definitely on the same page about transparency and culture and just um, yeah we're in, it's coming from a very honest and open um, and transparent kind of place that is not a PR stunt. I think that's where a lot of people are very, um, very, uh, uh, what do you call it? Skeptical of yeah. PR stunts these days. So how do you overcome that? Obviously because you have the structures in place, right? That it, it can't mm -hmm. be a PR stunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fact is uh, most of the companies we serve, they are of, small to medium size uh, that includes startups and these organizations they don't have resources for an employer branding team no offense to the large companies but the difference is large companies have employer branding teams right and their yeah. kpi is to create all this um that there's definitely positives but but their kpi is to create all these pr stunts right but but the 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 where Wanderly has really reached out to successfully is the masses of these companies, uh, small medium enterprises, startups, uh, that don't have dedicated employer branding teams. So that's also the value we bring to them. We guide them along their journey. Yes, we use the term the label employer branding, but we really show them, uh, you know, the possibilities, how to do it, how to do it well, and bring them from zero to one. And, you know, from there, go from one to 100, right? Hopefully a, a, a rocket ship type of uh, effect. But it's going from zero to one where the, the best foundations are laid out. And I think a lot of companies, when they first, uh, honestly, when they first meet Wantali, they are at the basic, you know, a need stage, which is to recruit, to hire. But we cultivate the idea, we see the idea in them that hopefully you can elevate, you know, up this hierarchy of, of needs to not just want to place a candidate, but you want to find the right candidate. And the how to do that is through employer branding. Um, our, we both have a passion for the startup space. Um, you know, it's come up a couple of times and we were talking the other day just about even um, I mean, with my Flourish DX hat and uh, from a mental health um, hat, it's just to be able to start these conversations, like you say, very early on uh, in terms of even employer branding and um, recruiting, how to go about it. The same thing that, you know, if we had this early conversations about self-care and um, how to create mentally healthy workplaces in startups, they are going to be, hopefully they will succeed. I mean, we all want these guys to succeed and they're going to employ more and more people. And if we start that culture right from the beginning, imagine the impact that it will have um, that, you know, we don't see as much burnout. 
we don't see as much, you know, even depression, anxiety amongst founders and their leadership team. Um, so I guess putting both, you know, let's go to the startup hat um, and just talk maybe about the SMEs as well. You know, what are your hopes for um, workplaces in Asia going forward? If we talk about um, workplace and mental health, you know, um, on the back of World Kindness Day that took place over the weekend, I would say I 100% wish for a kinder workplace. Uh, I won't say most of the workplaces today are kind enough, but like you have described, you know, there is a shift coming. So it's something um, to be optimistic about. Yeah, but, you know, just to explain a bit further on, on any given day, you see workplaces uh, success being celebrated because of different milestones, like Singles Day, you know, Double Eleven Singles Day, what was celebrated? Record-breaking sales, right? And then you read about leadership and management. You hear about charisma, you hear about creativity. It's not easy to find business leader role models who are known for being kind. And, and my take on all of this, right, is the role, the, the most important aspect of a manager is to manage people, not manage data, not manage machines and whatnot. And kindness plays an extremely key role in building that hardware, hearts, not heart. And, and my hope, you know, uh, to summarize for the future of, of workplaces, mentally healthy workplaces is kindness. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I think that was such a good wrap up and a good thought um, for our listeners to kind of yeah, wrap up with. I really hope and wish success for um, Wantedly. I think what you guys are doing is really great. And I'm sure in light of everything that's happening now, I'm pretty sure your business is going to pick up um, because many people are really rethinking their priorities in life, what they're, you know, what they do for a living, what kind of causes or, you know, kind of purpose they want in their work. Um, so thank you for your time, Andrew. It's been a pleasure. And no doubt, you know, we're going to be having more conversations about, you know, mental health and startups and how we can all play a part. Yes. So, um, yeah, thank you. And um, I hope to see you again uh, on our podcast. But just for our listeners, um, thank you for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe on the Mentally Healthy Workplaces Asia podcast, wherever you listen. So um, whether it's Apple or um, Spotify, follow the podcast LinkedIn page to stay up for upcoming dates and guests. Um, you can also follow us on Flourish DX on LinkedIn if you would like to see short clips of the conversations of the podcast and also the video version is available on uh, Flourish DX's YouTube page and please connect with us uh, uh, with Andrew and myself on LinkedIn and to continue the conversation so thank you for listening in and we'll see you again soon take care You've been listening to the Mentally Healthy Workplaces Asia podcast. To stay up to date with the best content on workplace mental health in Asia, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and join the Flourish DX community at www.flourishdx.com.